Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, by the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. And welcome to episode 36 of Radio Hot Lap, the show where we take a light-hearted look at motorsport, barbecues, and gadgets. And barbecues. And barbecues and gadgets. And roast pork. We're and having roast pork tonight. We are having roast pork tonight, and uh, Johnny will probably give you a tip on that a bit later on. I'll give you the big tip. The big G'day tip. G'day, everyone. And how, how are we? Yeah, how are you? <laughs> Snap! Wait, <laughs> my ear's burning from... Um, um, getting away from that mobile phone, it's been stuck to it all day, and now it's getting cold. Oh, it's well. cold down here in uh, in uh, Adelaide at the world headquarters of Radio Hot Lap, but but uh, we've got back to our regular occurrence of we uh, have. shows every Wednesday. It's actually, a Wednesday night. Wonders will never cease. Yeah, mate. What are you having to drink I'm in the having... uh, in the Ass Club uh, stubby yeah, holder? Where did this come from? Well, uh, was uh, went down to Adelaide the Adelaide River. River. Show society where there's basically like the um, like balaclava, like a oh, small right. balaclava, yeah, and and uh, got that little stubby holder. Oh, well, there you go, it's home to Anzac Day Breakfast, the Adelaide River Show, Adelaide River Races, and a black tie ball. Yeah, mate, it was a uh, quite a uh, interesting thing that went to, and Rowan was took us down there. Uh, Rowan and I went down there, get it together, Johnny. Um, with um, the Michael Bevan from the Northern Territory Times and Sean Gould from Coopers, yeah, cool. and we had a lovely time. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And inside that same stubby holder is just a everyday Carlton draft made from beer. Mate, there was no Carlton draft last Wednesday when uh, I was a guest of Coopers at the Balaclava races. I'm that. sure there wouldn't have been. It was a bit of a swim through, but it was uh, definitely a bit of fun. Arrived at the brewery at half past seven in the morning for a sausage sizzle, and I got there about. Um, 10 to 8, <laughs> yeah. and they were already uh, looked around scanning, and it was held out on the sort of the uh, the six-hole golf course that they've yep, sort of got the out oval, front and the, the corporate front, area, yeah. and you know, the sizzle was going, and the coffee was happening, and people were drinking bubbly, and there were a few blokes having a few beers, and I thought, this is the last time we're going to see a bunch of tidy guys, because they're all going to get messy from there. Then everyone was bussed up, uh, courtesy of, of Coopers, all the way up to uh, Balaclava, Balaclava yep. and stopped at Malala on the stopped way. Malala. Yeah, yeah. Malala. Saw the globe. <laughs> <laughs> at Malala, got out of the bus and an esky was produced from underneath it. We had one of the really cool buses. It was in, in, in Glenn's group there. and at the, You got up and you went down the back of the bus, but then you actually went down into like a pit at the back of the bus, which had about seats for six. And oh, I can tell you that it was, private a, pit. it was a bit of a private pit on the way <laughs> home. Yes, it was. Can't reveal. <laughs> who was in there or but what was, they were doing no doubt but it was private stuff before we ended up um, back at the Earl of Aberdeen or uh, well known as the Cooper's, Cooper's Ale House, House which yeah. uh, I think I had one drink and then said look I'm out of here and that was half past eight nine o'clock in the evening but yeah look uh, thanks to, to Glenn and to Cooper's because it was a wonderful day up there lots of corporate guests yep uh, the Cooper's uh, are a big sponsor of the event and also run one of the races but you know so too do Malaysian Airlines well Malaysian and, Airlines are the major sponsor I think aren't they they could well be. And uh, some of the other um, 
local ale houses around town, uh, the Fay Group. Oh, yeah. They're very renowned for um, owning their uh, a bunch of pubs in here, the Havelock and the Maiden yep. Magpie, where Verity works, and, and a few other little places, this and that. And, um, and uh, yeah. So it's a great social day. Very social and I bet you didn't see a horse all day <laughs> I heard them <laughs> heard them thundering in the background so viewers yeah, if you ever get a chance uh, yeah we didn't say g'day viewers but viewers if you don't get a chance if you ever get a chance um, let's go and get on to that well mate we've got well, what are you having a drink of hold on well I'm having a uh, glass of red I'm having a glass of Eden Valley melting pot 2004 Shiraz tin shed very nice indeed I just feel like I need a little bit of a, a glass of red tonight. We've um, just, yeah, it's been a very busy day. I feel like yeah, a, the, bit the of an unwind. Bit of an unwind. Uh, Rusty Sausage, how are you? Down there uh, on, the, on the carpet, head away, long dog, very busy today. Uh, after a, uh, took it to the park as we were walking, because the park's just right across the yep. road there. And we were walking down there and there was a cat out the front climbing oh. onto the fence and over the top. Well, of course, it didn't need me any encouragement to sort of get the doggy in the door real quick. <laughs> and of course, uh, I, the whole back of the house being glass, like I went, dogs like slow down because I could just see her going straight, straight out the, the window. back <laughs> in through the window. <laughs> but she's a pretty clever dog. Did, did, you get that, did you get that cat, Russ? No, she's Look had, at that. No. She's, had, no. she's had enough. She's all worn out. No. Oh no, there she is. Oh, Heads oh, up. You came back, your Mrs. Fluffy again, aren't you? Oh dear. Oh well, big so, weekend. I was going to say, how was the weekend at Sandown? But the Sandown weekend, I enjoyed myself. I was um, became part of Triple uh, Eight Race Engineering's team, Better Electrical um, Group, that was running Craig Lowndes and Jamie Wincup in the Double Eight car, and uh, Irishman Super GT uh, and Formula Nippon champ Richard, Richard Lyons, Lyons in the yeah. second car with Alan Simonson. And yeah, it was pretty good. I was made to feel very welcome. Uh, it's also interesting to see, you know, the, the level of engineering and uh, the, the the technology involved there is certainly uh, no less than what I've experienced in um, other high-end forms of motorsport, uh, like Le Mans and so on like that. It's just, it, it, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. In fact, I'll probably go on to say that I probably seem to have a bit, you know, fair enough down the track a little bit time-wise. They have um, a, lot, a lot of telemetry stuff going on there. But, you know, they have two very 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 you know cut and dried teams you yep. know there like with of engineers for one car and one for one for from uh, the left and one from the right and um uh roland dane and, and campbell little and, and ludo who's the, the the other the two engineering guys are very very capable guys and um it was wonderful to see that they got a third place on the weekend against um all odds really there was a a, a sticky caliper and a brake change there which caused the the car to be delayed and uh, i think it even went down a lap Yes, early yeah, in, early into the piece, but uh, Craig Lowndes drove like a demon to bring the car back up onto the lead lap, and and for a moment there it was about uh, ten, about down to nine or eight seconds behind um, uh, Jason Bright's car, which was pretty much nose to tail with Rick Kelly just before that move went on, and I think with about ten to twelve laps out, um, Jason then took that lead. Um, and uh, and Rick was uh, you know glued to his backside for the rest well, of it. Yeah, Rick was trying very hard towards the end, but uh, he just couldn't get past. Yeah, he was just saying, look, I don't want to be an eligible bachelor here. You take the gig. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of eligible bachelors, um, uh, we'll, we'll have to be talking to um, him uh, shortly. We'll be talking to Jack Elsgood about his uh, Queensland um, adventure in the V8 Utes, where he's now compressed the uh, the gap to um, Marcus Sikanovic for the uh, lead in the, the V8 Championship yep. with 14 points the gap and uh, Indy and Eastern Creek to go 
Uh, also, we're going to be talking to, to Marcus Sikanovic, who, who conversely, decreased his cap there, and he had a, had a few woes there. And, of course, we'll, we'll talk to, to Uncle Al, Uncle Alan Simonson, and see what he has to say before he shoots off for his uh, next race in uh, Magello at the GT3 Championship there. Um, interesting to see that he's, uh, it's a car that he obviously couldn't drive at Dijon last weekend. Um, managed to be the, the best place Ferrari in the first race and second in the second race. So, you know, mm, that's, that's creditable to Hector Lester, who's been driving that car, and the other guys, that uh, whoever they are, that turned up in the car. So, mate, uh, do you want to um, pick who we want to talk to first? Do we want to go Jacqueline, uh, Uncle Al, or uh, Mayhem? I think we should go Mayhem first. All right. Don't you? Yeah, why not? Okay. All right. Mayhem it is. Okay, so you got him on the phone or what? Yeah, I've got Marcus on the phone. Marcus Sikanovic, uh, Johnny Hart from Hot Lap and uh, JP. How are you, mate? Good, how are you guys? Yeah, good, yeah. thanks, Marcus. So, son, um, yeah, Queensland Raceway last weekend there. Uh, boy, it was a bit of a uh, bit of an upset, mate. What uh, what went on? I'll let you tell the whole story. Yeah, well, uh, obviously we trekked up north to uh, enjoy the bright uh, Queensland sunshine, but uh, when we got there... It was fast than that. It was pouring down rain and looking like it was going to be a terrible weekend. But uh, weather fined up, but the uh, actual racing and results didn't actually fine up. It all started first session of practice on Friday. Hopped in old Black Betty and went out and was fourth fastest, which I was pretty happy with. And then it just went all downhill from there. We, did, we got some sort of a gremlin in the car. We're not sure if it's uh, electrical or fuel just yet. We, the boys are still dying trying to find the problem now. But uh, second session, we've slipped from fourth back to ninth quickest, just losing power with each session and we went out on the track with. So it was looking really bad until Saturday morning, Dad decided to uh, stick the car on the, on the dyno there and try and find out, find the problem to what was causing us to lose power. And it was just losing more and more power and we said, well, we can't race it because it's going to sort of hurt itself if we, if we try and race it. And that was when I asked an absolute massive favour from uh, a really good friend of mine, being Adam Brand. I asked if we could use his ute so I could, could try and continue to get championship points. And uh, Adam was good enough to oblige and popped in Adam's car and raced it for the weekend. Mate, that is a huge uh, a gesture of, um, of friendship from, um, from Adam and the Brunswick Valley coaches uh, team. So uh, how did you find the car, mate? Uh, you know, it'd probably be interesting for you to get out of, uh, out of your own and then get into something else. Yeah, well, <laughs> well as Adam sort of put it in, in one way, he said, it's like you kissing my girl, you know. It's, just, it's a funny <laughs> sort of thing to hop in someone else's car to race it. But um, where it was sort of a bit tricky was we only sort of got the go-ahead from the CAMS officials about 10 minutes before qualifying. Because with the ruling, the car you're going to race, you need to qualify it. So I had to hop in Adam's car to qualify it, so I was allowed to race it. And we only got the go-ahead like 10 minutes beforehand. And uh, I jumped in the car and couldn't fit in it for a start. I was wedged against the steering wheel and pedals, but because we had no time to change it, I had to go out and drive it like that. So I went out, drove it in qualifying with uh, Adam's setup in it and... Uh, and obviously the seat set up as well, and managed to stick it on grid seven, which was very surprising, considering I'd only ever done three laps of qualifying in it, so it was really good, and once we got back in, made the seat obviously a bit more comfortable, a bit more user-friendly for me, put my sort of setup that suits my driving style in it, and uh, went another half a second faster than qualifying time again, so 
was it was quite a good car, plenty of potential, and to sort of come home fourth overall for the weekend, it ended up getting a uh, a third, a seventh, and a fourth in the final, give me fourth outright for the weekend, which still retained my uh, championship lead. So. Yeah, excellent. Well done for that, mate. Did yeah, uh, how significant was the setup difference? Uh, I mean, like obviously every driver's different and everybody likes it set up. Did you have to do a lot of work to get the setup right after qualifying? No, well, see, look, the, the the good part about this category is obviously all the cars are built pretty much. All the Fords are built identical, and all the Holdens are built identical. So there's really not a great deal you can change on them. Just a few little tweaks in the front ends to suit suit how I like to drive a little bit more. See, I. My sort of style is, uh, I think, I come in quite good under brakes and sort of drive off the front wheels, like use a lot of understeer to slow a car down. So I like to drive a car with a slight bit, bit more understeer than probably the next driver. Right. And uh, Adam's car sort of was a little bit opposite to that, and I had to sort of tune it to suit it. <laughs> and uh, once we got that set up, like this, very minimal change you can do in these XR8 Falcons, and it was good, and it was actually good to show for... For, for people watching that not only can I do it in my car but you're doing someone else's car so it kind of it just goes to show how competitive the category is being the cars being all the same nearly well mate you definitely were singing for your supper for the first time this year which um, would have been a... <laughs> I had to get that in you know <laughs> so uh, but yeah mate that's great what did Adam do did he just uh, help out uh, doing burgers for the day <laughs> well uh, I on the marshalling area, I think I heard him in commentary. So I think he was. Uh, I think the commentary might have been a little bit biased this weekend. Yeah, just speak <laughs> up, mate. We're just losing you a bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, he was actually up in the commentary box, and uh, I think from what I could hear on the marshalling area, the commentary was a bit biased this weekend. A bit biased. <laughs> Are you sure he wasn't up there protecting his girlfriend? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> From those dozen dozen cases of black Smirnoff that might just come lurking around the corner. <laughs> what? Um, what are we talking about now? <laughs> yeah. yeah Mate, you've go. gone all quiet. What's the matter? you got going all coy on me? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's got all but... muffled all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Mick's got him in a headlock. <laughs> oh, mate, um, uh, Commodore Cup, next race for you uh, sometime between now and Indy, is it? Right, well, we've uh, both got about five weeks off to do absolutely nothing at all. I reckon we should uh, head over to the States for another little night out with Joshy at the Sky Bar. <laughs> oh, Joshy in the Sky Bar, that could be a big call. That was a great night, wasn't it, John? Oh, mate, that brought your audio up, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did, yeah. It's got yeah. muffles yeah, well, are off. When we, were, when we were lucky enough to be standing within two feet of Tara Reid and the, and Soap and the good Australian Sophie Monk, hey, that's a party that... We all would like to try and be at. Yes, mate, it was a, it was a pretty good party. Now, um, last year, mate, Indy was danger time for you. You, you were definitely uh, not a happy happy camper, yet you'd come off uh, a good round win there at Malala. Um, what are your thoughts? How do you play it this time? Although, you know, it was cyclonic weather, wasn't it? Oh, uh, look, from last year, I mean, when they uh, had that uh, red flag incident race one with the torrential downpour, I think I actually said to Dad, who's on the other end of the radios for me, I just said, Dad, try and find some sort of official. Don't let them restart this race because it's just going to wreck a whole heap of cars. And unfortunately, mine had to be the first one that sort of went in. Where I was sitting in the, in the, uh, on the track there on the restart being in fifth, 
the minute the guys in front of me got went went for go on the green flag, I couldn't see. It was just a wall of water. I couldn't see. Physically, could not see a thing, and managed to snag that piece of concrete barrier that was protruding from the the cause of the safety car, and pretty much tore the whole left hand side of my car out. So. I'm hoping the weather's not as bad this year and I really am going to be trying to drive not like, it's the kind of place, Indy's the kind of place where you cannot drive 110%. Because the minute you step over that mark, it bites you with, with oh, big devastation, big destruction on the car. It's just really is quite bad full of concrete walls. So, just going to be trying to drive for the championship and obviously try and drive fast, drive for the win. But at the same time, try not to step over that mark. Yeah, well, as long as you keep it clean, I guess, is the big issue there. But, um, I mean, you've still got to obviously uh, give it 100%, even if you're not going that 110. Um, how do you feel about the fact that Jack's crept up on you last weekend a bit? Um, I mean, look, Jack was very fast on the weekend, and uh, I think Jack and I are mates. So I don't know if he's <laughs> changed that on me yet or not. I don't but, think so. Uh, no, it was, I think we're mates, and... I don't know, the way the last race sort of panned out, it just falls back to when uh, the question, obviously, on the way the red flag rule sort of applies. And it goes all the way back to when uh, Jim Richards and Mark Scaife won Bathurst that year in the skyline where they won Bathurst while parked against a concrete barrier with only yep. three wheels in the car. I mean, how can you be awarded points or racing by not finishing it, you know? It's... It's kind of weird, but I mean, look, obviously that's how the ruling works, and Jack managed to finish the race in, uh, obviously, second spot there when they did the lap count back, so, I mean, hey, you can't change the rules, we just have to race to the end now, and it's going to make for a very interesting championship. I think, uh, Marcus, it is pretty uh, unlikely that, that, that people are actually calculating in a fudge you know, to, to like, like crash out here because, you know, the, the, how do you know you're going to red flag it? And, of course, the damage can be significant. And I, I, if I recall, I think one of the last uh, Queensland 500 enduros actually ended up in the sand pit. Correct, with, with uh, uh, Paul Radisic and I think it was Stephen Johnson at that time, I think. Yes. Were teamed up and, uh, yeah. Sounds right. All of a sudden, the Queensland torrential downpour turned itself on and, and yeah, they end up winning the race in the kitty litter, which is... Yeah. I mean, to me, as a racer, I mean, shouldn't want to win like that. No, no, I agree, mate, but, uh, you know, the, the going back, no, I think, to the... Uh, I mean, look, I only look at it this way. I mean, obviously, Jack and I, we race hard, but you, you need every advantage you can get to try and win a championship, and when you see someone parked on the side of the track and they're getting points for it, it's a bit frustrating when you're on the other end, the the other end as, a, as a competitor against them, but, hey, look, it's, it's going to be a cracking championship either way it goes. It's going to come down to the last race at Eastern Creek. Um, I... After Phillip Island, uh, there was an appeal that, uh, or a protest had gone out uh, regarding um, Grant Johnson's behaviour um, against yourself. Has that been heard? And, and if so, what's the result of that? Because um, if uh, it goes in your favour, that would give you the round win and also a couple of safety points. Yeah, well, we had a bit of a hearing. See, it's all, it was all been reviewed by, obviously, our driving standards of the category, Andrew Medici. And uh, he had a look at it and didn't find anything to be to be that needed to be dealt with by the stewards, which, in my opinion, was wrong. But he obviously saw it differently, and they got got left at that. Just it never went any further, and I'm not sure if Jack or Damien's went any further either. So, bit of a bit, I mean, bit of a shame. Like if it had been me, usually I would have been 
marched straight up to the stewards to explain my actions, but obviously wasn't, and it got sort of thrown out. So, but anyway, that's mate, racing, and we just move on and drive and drive for this championship. And now, mate, it would look uh, pretty unlikely that Damien White could claw himself back to get a, um, a championship win now. Um, after having one DNF, I believe, up there at Queensland. Sorry, I wasn't there. It was my first not non not non appearance at a Ute race. So, yeah, for a while. Up there, Johnny. Ah, you know, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Super Johnny. <clears throat> yeah, so it doesn't look like Damien will be able to claw himself back up there. But I think he's um, understand he's already bought a, uh, a supercar from Paul Morris. Um, and uh, minus an engine, and obviously a top top line car will be uh, fronting the development series next year. Well, I did sort of quiz him about that, but uh, Damien seems to be denying that rumor, so I'm not 100 percent sure what's happening there. Yeah, Is well, just denying it to me, or I can't I confirm know. or deny it. Other than I'd rather say that that's the, all the all the sounds that I've heard have been confirmed by multiple sources that that is actually the go. Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, so, okay, well you you <laughs> might be a bit more than that than what I am, but. Um, yeah, oh, well, look, good luck to Damien. It was obviously a shame that uh, he had that uh, engine, like a radiator. He blew a radiator hose or something, or popped a head gasket, I think, on his car. Yep. And uh, it's a bit of a shame because it would have been would have been um, nice to sort of race him as well for the championship. And um, yeah, but uh, oh, look, I'm sure he'll be back and at the next round, hopefully a bit stronger than what he was at this one. I mean, he had some speed this round, but. Uh, Obviously, motorsport, you can have your ups and downs. And, um, yeah, the downer was that he didn't finish the final due to an engine failure. Mm. Okay, mate. Well, thanks for taking the time to, to talk to us. It, uh, it might come to pass that uh, you, uh, Jack, and uh, Damien, mate, all, uh, we all might be together doing the same damn thing next year with uh, cars with bigger wings. That would be nice. I, I'm, I'm hoping that works out. I hope that that's what works out to be. So, that would be lovely. But, anyway, we'll... Uh, we shall get on the other end of another radio hot lap interview at uh, Indy, no doubt. Mate, we will. We'll have one of those ones at the uh, at the bar, like I did last year. Except yeah. this year, I'll remember to turn it on. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that, was, that, was bad, that was bad technical uh, workings there, John. Yeah, that's right, mate. It was Zane McAllister's fault because <laughs> the uh, microphone was in the trophy. <laughs> the trophy that went walkabout. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Uh, righto, gentlemen. Alright, mate. All right, thanks Marcus. for taking time. Not a problem. You just have a good evening, and I shall uh, speak to you guys very soon. Okay, you good too, on mate. you. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Ciao. Bye. Oh, there you go. All right, well, just... Um, he was a happy chappy. Let's just get Jacqueline straight on yeah. with the case, because he might as well, well just... Uh, just roll straight on. Yep. Yeah. You're crunching. I am. You're crunching while I actually uh, make the call I to Jack. I'd take... But actually, Even though I, I'm not allowed to talk with my mouth, I thought I'd take advantage of the fact that well, you were calling Jack. Well, I will call Jack in a minute, but I just thought, actually, we'll, I'll, just a bit of a break of proceedings then. We'll, we'll, we'll actually might try and get, get Alan. Yeah, um, mix it up a bit. It mix it up a bit, because uh, Al likes to go to bed early, and I think he's got to shoot off to Europe. And um, I'd love to talk to Linda, but Linda's over in uh, in the West doing the Targa West event, I think, yep. we started today. <clears throat> so we'll just see what we can do and get uh, Uncle Al. All right, you got him? I've got Alan, but I've got him in a restaurant. And like uh, when you put uh, Alan between um, a microphone and food, that we're going to lose out. What's going on, mate? Oh, not much, mate. Just having a um, Mexican um, Mexican meal. Mexican? What are you having, Alan? Uh, fajitas. Oh, very nice. <laughs> seafood. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. No, you love your seafood. Yeah. 
So, mate, uh, look, uh, well done on the weekend. Uh, we had a little bit of a chat uh, on Sunday afternoon, but uh, my sterling drive there from 17th up to 3rd and, um, you know, to, to, for the car to come back in 17th. How did you find the whole experience with Triple Eight on the weekend and uh, how are you looking forward to Bathurst? Oh, it's a very professional team. Um, they, uh, they obviously work very hard and hence the results they're getting. Um, the car's very good, uh, very strong engine package. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get a result as, it, as Richard was involved in a small um, incident. Uh, so I would, I'm sure that had we, um, had we run to the flag with no problems, we would have finished anywhere between 4th to 8th. And if we can keep the same sort of race form, Baptist uh, will finish in the same sort of position, I would have thought. I, I don't think at Baptist we have the outright speed to finish to, to, to uh, compete for the podium, but. We definitely had the speed to compete for the uh, the fourth to eighth place. Mate, uh, just as an observation, like uh, you must have been sitting behind some of the uh, the Holdens, the HRT red cars. They looked like they were absolute rockets on the weekend. Yeah, I mean they're very fast down the straight, but we knew that before we went to the race. They um, there's only four of them, very luckily enough, um, and uh, I mean they're strong down the straights, but. And endurance, endurance event, it's not going to be that mega important. It's more important for the team when they go to the uh, to the sprint races. That's where it's costing them a lot more. Um, for us, it's not a big issue. The um, the Triple Eight package is very strong anyway, so uh, it's not something that I worry about at all. Okay, uh, what's the plans now between now and Bathurst, mate? Going to uh, Italy for uh, the Mugello race uh, on Wednesday. Uh, GD3 race, last race of the year, and then straight from there to uh, Yarama in Spain for the last Le Mans race of the year. So uh, two weeks in Europe and then back to Bathurst. Not much time off. Well, you'll be um, doing a bit of parading, no doubt, for the media uh, early in the week there at, at Bathurst. So I suppose we'll catch up with you there, mate. I don't have to be any Mexican. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. We'll catch up there, mate. Thank you very much. All right, mate. Sorry to interrupt you, mate. We'll speak to you soon, eh? Very good. Thank Thanks, buddy. You. Cheers, Alan. Yeah, I went out with Al on to dinner on Sunday night and he went, no, no seafood. <laughs> no seafood. Is that right? We're going to go straight to the spicy snapper restaurant. And, uh, <laughs> no, he's, uh, uh, he's good. No, I was, I was really pleased. For, for, I think for, he had a great result on the weekend. And I mean, you've got to be honest and say that he just drove faultlessly. Mate, he did. He drove he, faultlessly and he picked yep. the people off and he waited, yep. took his time and he would sit right behind them. And, and you know, I was with some people who were going, oh, no, they'll, they'll go off there. And they didn't go off. And, mm. you know, they, they resisted the pressure that he applied. Yep. Um, but, uh, but at the same time he was applying the pressure, he was obviously, and I think that's one of the big things that people underestimate with Alan, is he'll just sit there and watch and find a chink in their armour that, okay, they don't necessarily get the line that he would take around a certain corner, and he knows he can just nick in under brakes and then uh, pick them off. So I think he had a, he had a great race. Can you just do that, nick in under brakes? <laughs> don't be rude. Mate, so what's just going on in the general uh, world of... Um the general what, world. What's, that, what's oh, been happening? Because you got the, yeah. um, we got all the noise there, and before it yeah, well, else. there's nothing you know that I'd call particularly sensational. I mean, obviously, Sandown was the big event of the of the weekend, and and in, interestingly, I mean, talking about the, all right, the the uh, while we're talking about Sandown and the fact that Alan drove there and and Triple uh, Eight and everything else, and FPR finally delivered the goods. Well, that's good. The, and how cheesed would CL be that? 
this was the team that he he left because he because they were going nowhere. And I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them, but they finally put it all together and and they did what they've been threatening to do for so long. And, and finally pulled one out of the hat. But, mate, you must have a short memory because if you cast your mind back 20, uh, exactly 12 months, he yeah. and Evan Muller won the race. True. So, <laughs> he forgot. But, <laughs> There's a very small memory in the world. Well, that's the thing. You know, you they right, only remember but, your screw-ups, yeah. not your results. True. But, you know, it, it was interesting that he left that team because of that and then they they ended up winning the race and, uh, he, and he came third. But, I mean, after a fantastic drive, there's no doubt about that. I noticed in one of the mags, I can't remember which one, that he, he basically said that uh, uh, he got told to pull his head in um, after he'd uh, locked up under brakes or whatever. So, uh, yeah, apart from that, I mean, yeah, there's a bit of Formula One goss around. Um, but nothing that I'd call earth-shattering. And uh, well, what is it? What? Well, how unearth-shattering is it? Well, it's not a lot about Ferrari next year, and you know. Well, you you know about it, I don't. So tell well, me, I don't viewers. know anything about it either. Well, then don't bring it up. Well, all right then. I just don't know shoot why. me down in flames. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I'm not usually that harsh on him, yes. No, you're not usually. <laughs> but tonight, <laughs> being a bit, bit testy. But moving on to a bit, let's move on to a little bit of tech stuff, mate. And um, there is going to be a bit of a special announcement by Apple, I believe, on September 12. And the rumour is that I've heard it is we're going to see a um, couple of things. A 23-inch iMac, I believe, and will be all an Intel, maybe the new Merum processor. And uh, you've got a grin on your face because you know what's going no, on. No, I don't know. Right? All I know is that suddenly we can't get some stock of some items. And uh, generally, what, well, what items Land, can't you get any stock that, of? Well, IMAX for a start. You're on credit hold. <laughs> no, we're not on credit hold. I can assure you of that. Um, so, and then of course there's the uh, there's the iPods, and uh, apparently Apple have, notwithstanding that, uh, next week is MacWorld Paris. Um, which, being a Macworld, of course, would be the, the ideal scenario to announce the new iMacs. Whether or not new iPods will be announced at the same time is purely a matter for conjecture. However, Apple have called a press conference for the 17th, I believe, in the US. Uh, and that would have to be a, a different thing, because there's no yes, way that... The, and the, the rumour for that one is that online uh, movie downloads from iTunes. Yeah, and maybe widescreen... And uh, widescreen iPods. Widescreen yeah. iPods. Yeah. And, and in the same vein as, um, as uh, new releases, I believe that Adobe is actually calling a press conference in Amsterdam uh, within the same time frame to um, uh, introduce something or acknowledge that something will be universe have universal appeal yes. well the word universal is significant universal binary because that's right uh, we've all been waiting for Photoshop CS3 which has always been rumoured to be Q2 of 2007 that's been a stumbling block for a lot of people in terms of, uh, of, of you know adopting a new uh, Intel transition to Intel Intel yep. Pro product or, or Intel product but having talked to Mark uh, Osborne on the weekend at uh, Sandown who has uh, bought one of the 2.6, uh, six or whatever it is, gigahertz, uh, dual Mac Pro, so effectively a quad processor, yep. is saying that it's actually run faster, as we, we had Even said under last emulation. week, under emulation through Rosetta, Rosetta yeah. than, uh, than is possible. And a little bit of delving around the internet, I found some, some pretty interesting uh, things this week that um, obviously you won't want to be um, telling uh, people who are interested in buying <laughs> a computer, but that's because I'm going to be telling them that the, uh, the clock speed of the, the machines can all be controlled by software, that the actual units are all uh, symmetrical, they're all identical, 
and uh, just by simply getting in a bit like an engine management system with a race car and you can uh, upgrade the uh, the thing. Well, PC users have been doing that for years with Intel chips. In fact, there's even a nice website if you want to go and have a laugh called overclockers.com. <laughs> but, and, it, but it would probably sound, it looks, sounds like, I remember we, to overclock of chips, you would be doing jumpers and moving things around. Yes. Whereas this is actually done by software and someone was, was putting putting out a bit of a request the other day on a blog saying, look, can someone like come up with an interface like to allow us to be able to tweak the damn thing? So Yeah. Well, just keep your eye on version tracker. It'll appear soon. It's bound to. Ah, uh, mate, I'm running out of steam. You're running out of steam? Yeah, I'm running out of steam. Well, As I said, I've been talking all day, and I'm, I'm cooking a roast, but have you got anything to say while I go and check on the roast? Oh, you check the roast. Well, yeah, I, I could uh, probably talk about the fact that uh, they've, uh, I think Toshiba has officially announced that they'll be selling HD DVD players in Europe as of the end of this month. Um, there's going to be two different versions. Uh, initially, there will be just the single version available. Um, and then towards Christmas, there will be a second, more high-end version. Uh, I think the original slated price was going to be €5.99. Euros. Um, and they're really looking towards huge growth in that area towards Christmas. So uh, for, all of you, for all of our European viewers, um, HD DVD is on its way. Had a phone call this afternoon, or a Skype call from uh, International Josh oh, yeah. over there in California, and he's just picked himself up a new BlackBerry 8700C, and he said, mate, it's just absolutely perfect. You know, he's paying $120 uh, American a month through Singular, which provide him with the, with the piece of hardware. Um, with that, he's unlimited monthly uh, web connections, this, that, and the other thing, and about 2560 minutes of uh, mobile and phone calls throughout America. If he wants to ring Australia on a uh, on a fixed line, six six cents per minute, yeah, um, or thirty three cents to a mobile. So I think that's uh, pretty good because I remember having a a, a ten minute fo- fo- conversation um, from my uh, Telstra phone uh, in Atlanta back to Australia, and it cost me eighty bucks. <laughs> Only a slight difference then. They were a quiet. <laughs> well, yeah, they'd have to have been. Uh, cool. Mate, uh, well, we'll see if we can get Jack on the phone before I go. Okay, good. Viewers, just had a little bit of an interlude there. Had to go and check on the uh, pork roast. It's going along very nicely. Can do a little I'm glad to hear it's uh, going on well, Johnny. Because I'm really starving at the moment. I'm it's not munching out. on those new Smith's uh, cheese and onion uh, stacks. Our yep. new sponsor. <laughs> well, they I could wish. be a new sponsor, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, you'd be going through a few of those. Oh dear, it'd be terrible. Bit of a sad week. It is a bit of a sad week, yeah. It's uh, because we know we've got viewers from all around the world and uh, and the news travelled very rapidly around the world. Um, passing of one uh, crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin. And, uh, and you're probably all thinking, well, why are you guys mentioning that on a motorsport show? And uh, the crocodile hunter actually is sort of dear to Johnny and my heart because uh, the uh, Le Mans here in Adelaide and the uh, race of a thousand years, we had the crocodile hunter tie-up because Audi had their uh, R8 done up as the crocodile car and um, the boys from Panels went crocodile hunting. That's right, it was uh, Jason Bright, uh, David Brabham and Greg Murphy were yeah, all Murph, there uh, yeah. done up there. And in fact, it's only fair that tonight's episode graphic should be that image. 
Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. We'll put the Crocodile Hunter image up. Yep. Yep. uh, We weren't in favour of the Audi, but even though it was a beautiful paint scheme, it was never to be seen since, but obviously it's hiding in some Audi uh, museum. Yeah, but we're digressing. Yeah, it was uh, pretty. Yeah, tragic. so it's been a it's it's yeah it's been a tragic week with the with the death of Steve Irwin, uh, our very own crocodile hunter over here, and uh, the media has absolutely gone nuts. Um, but uh, quite amazing, really, isn't it? Um, his wife's apparently going to decide whether they're going to have a state funeral. And oh, apparently his father's already decided they're not going to have a state funeral. Yeah, I, I he said I w- Steve wouldn't have wanted a state funeral. No, so he wasn't a bloke who wanted a fuss. No. He was just, I mean, and every, every single report you read and everything you see, the bloke Low that key. you saw on screen was the bloke that was off screen. And uh, he was just one of those bloody Aussie larrikin type guys. So, uh, yeah, very, very sad from that perspective. And, uh, yeah, well, what more can you say? I, the only thing I'd, I would just say is that, like, you know, I think everybody has said that, that, that the, the, the poor bloke has, has gone uh, the way that he would have probably wanted to have gone. But it also shows that, you know, you, you sort of can't mess with nature. Well, that's true. And I don't mean that in a nasty way, but it, it's freaky, isn't it? It's just, it's maybe, he had he had a, a unique ability to be able to communicate with those creatures that they also knew that and they were communicating. Yep. And there you go. Anyway, on to a more lighter note. A lighter note? Yeah, well, hey, I know what I was talking about. A lighter note. There's a lighter note. My uh, my sister and uh, brother-in-law, my sister Jane and brother-in-law... They're Frank. not coming? Oh, cool. Yes, they are coming. Oh. They actually arrive on the Monday of the October long weekend, week before Bathurst. Right. So, no doubt they'll all be swanning around on my couches during uh, Bathurst, drinking my uh, booze and uh, watching the event on TV. Well, you're not going to be down here hanging out at my place? No, well, you're going off to Bathurst anyway. Oh, what would I, I want to be here for? But anyway. You're usually up on the hill getting slaughtered. Anyway. Yeah, well, I told them that Throwing I was throwing ties over the barrel. I told them I wasn't going to go up and get slaughtered this year because I didn't know when Jane and Pete were going to arrive. Anyway, we digress yet again. <laughs> um, they live in Hampshire in the UK, which is probably from where they live about twenty minutes to Goodwood, and uh, they were fortunate enough back in the very early days to go to the first of the Goodwood Speed Festivals. Um, and, you know, they just pop... They don't go every year. They pop to a couple of Goodwood events and one thing or another. I, certainly, they took me down there when I was over there uh, the last time, which was 19... Uh, no, 2000. Um, anyway, I was talking to my sister on the phone and they'd been down to the uh, Goodwood Revival last weekend. And guess who was there? Oh, PB. PB indeed. Well, I didn't. I, it's funny. I would have thought he might have been at the uh, Muscle Car Masters at. Uh, well, Creek, yeah, he could have been there, but no, driving a humpy. Yeah, he went over there and he had a team there, and they were uh, racing a Holden FX, and he actually won yet another trophy, the Spirit of Goodwood Award, and uh, he came. I think they came fourth or fifth uh, in the uh, St Mary's Trophy, which is a 12-lap race. And, uh, yeah, so they were just sort of on the phone saying, well, it was a good weekend, and, you know, blah, and we went through all the usual blah-blahs, and I said, well, what else happened? Oh, well, nothing outstanding, but there were lots of famous people there, and we just sort of swanned around and circulated and chatted to this, that, and the other, and there was Peter Brock. I, to, I can't wait to, to go to Goodwood, and it looks like, um, uh, so far, it's not confirmed, but it looks like we have an, a very nice invitation uh, next year to go to Goodwood Festival. Fantastic. 
We well, might take a few people, you said, as he goes to check on the mushrooms. Yeah, Johnny's just gone to check on the mushrooms. He's making mushroom sauce to go with this deluxe uh, roast. We've got creamy mushroom sauce. Well, okay. Even though he told me he didn't have any cream, so I presume he's using milk and hoping it will thicken up all right. Um, <laughs> you can't tell me that. Now, you've just absolutely wiped my brain of the next thing I was uh, wanting to talk about. Um, oh, I know what it was, but we'll go, going back quickly to uh, Sandown, the driver swap business and, you know, the two Kelly brothers racing together, etc., etc. Well, I think it backfired on them, didn't it? If they'd stayed in their own cars, well, they would have been well, all right. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, that like, uh, well, Rick and Rick and Tanda would have been all right. Yep, well, they would have been very happy. And so you did see the look on uh, on Garth's face at that moment of uh, steering failure um, <laughs> down there at turn uh, four or whatever it was, around the back there and uh, network corner. And um, yeah, there was. Um, mm. He just it was a multiple sort of feeling there, wasn't it? It was indeed. The car's broken and we're out up the front yep. there, and, mm. and should have suddenly been it's all car. over. But. Uh, but interestingly, uh, I can't even remember where the hell I read it, but there was a, a little bit of blurb somewhere about Sandown is always touted as the precursor to Bathurst, but if you actually look at the Sandown results, they've only been in the whole time... One back-to-back, like, move from Sandown, a Sandown victory followed by Bathurst exactly. victory. Who there's, was that, There's mate? been so, so few times that it's ever actually happened, it's not funny. I can't it's remember. It's almost a curse. Well, it is actually, yeah, yeah. So, so probably CL is happy that uh, maybe he didn't get sand down because that may augur a little bit well for Bathurst this year, notwithstanding flying wheels. Do you know the funny thing about Bathurst is that it's I, I can't even remember who won last year because so much goes on in the race. It was just it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? No, it was Mr. Scaife. Oh, yeah, because most of the, well, no, not most, a number of the gentlemen that I was on the hill with were uh, gentlemen, can I call them that? Probably not. Um, <laughs> were very pro-Ford and were most upset when CL was out. So uh, there you uh, go. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny sitting inside the media centre there. At, uh, and it's quite a bit, quite a deep bunker there, you know, when you're facing the other way from the track, big screens and a lot of people in there. But still, it's all, you know, everyone's got their head down and working. And you can hear, you can see what's going on, on the TV, and then but the grandstand is sort of behind you, but like, you know, bricked off yep. several several lengths, and you just hear the cheers and the, <laughs> of, the, of either the uh, of either the uh, advance or demise of one of the competitors from either mark. So it's really quite an interesting sort of place to be. No, um, it's a great, great atmosphere. The weather great actually place. held out pretty good. It was pretty nasty on Sunday. Uh, but, you know, changeable. Much like it's been here in, here in Adelaide for the last couple of days. Well, it usually flows straight over to Sandown, so uh, there you go. No, but uh, Thursday, uh, Friday and Saturday were, were absolutely beautiful days and uh, it was great to be over there again. You know, I've been there a little bit lately, and I love the I love the food and, and, and just the, the the culture of Adelaide. It's just it's quite vibrant, and the Chinese restaurants are very very good. <laughs> we went out to a little place in a tiny little laneway there on on Friday night, but uh, we were unable to find the drunken prawns, which is uh, one of my favourite dishes. Oh, well, that's usually you and Mr. Pinder, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so we've found the found the prawns before. <laughs> and uh, but this time they had no prawns. Uh, had oh, they, uh, very hard to find live prawns a... swimming around a tank that are ready to be um, <laughs> ready uh, to become uh, drunken. Yeah, that's right. Well, they're, they're re- you know why they're called drunken prawns. No, go on, enlighten me and the viewers. 
Well, because, you know, like we are like having a drink on the show, and so we talk to the prawns harshly. No, viewers, what happens is the prawns are actually taken directly from the tank and they are kicking, and they are then put into a Pyrex dish or... Oh, Gesundheit. Oh, excuse me, viewers. <laughs> we don't edit, you know, so you get all of Johnny's sneezes live. Well, no, live recorded. Yeah, that must be a uh, penalty for being harsh on the prawns, but they put the prawns into a, into a, a previously a glass Pyrex dish and then would pour, pour a combination of Chinese rose wine and sake into the dish. The prawns would then ingest it and right. they would go absolutely bonkers. Um, now it's become illegal to do it at the table where you could see it and simply it would just, they would, like... A prawn popcorn, frenzy. It would be like popcorns on steroids, but, you know, what's, what's the matter with a drink and a bit of a romp before death? <laughs> Alcoholic um, poisoning for prawns. <laughs> so of course the prawn, yeah, the prawns um, take all the alcohol in, and that cleanses the prawn out and gives them a very sweet taste. Then they're taken out of that liquid, put in a bowl, and like a dish is put on the on the table, much like a sukiyaki dish, and um, we bubble them away in there, and they get cooked and voila, drunken prawns. Let's give Jack a ring. He's probably out of fast. You think we might get him this time? Hello, mate. Oh, Jack, how are you, mate? Yes, good. Well, mate, good. What's going on? How do you know it was me? Well, yeah, South Australian phone number. It can only ever be your Glenn Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not the bloke with the cash. Exactly. <laughs> mate, uh, what have you been up to? Been to the gym, I believe. Yeah, just uh, sort of get back into things. I've been a bit slack. Business has been pretty, uh, pretty busy, and uh, I had a well, mate, you've come back from Queensland Raceway, uh, where um, you've come out with a couple of a couple of second places and a sixth to come out second on top. Compressed the gap between uh, Marcus Sakanovic. We spoke to JP and I spoke to Marcus a little bit earlier. He's uh, definitely feeling a little bit nervous now um, after having a, a major engine screw up. But, uh, mate, I suppose all I can say after your um, ending up in the sand pit. Uh, on the last race uh, uh, through uh, a mechanical failure on the wheel and is still getting the points. Life's a beach. That's right, mate. It was a lot of bad luck turned into some good luck. I, um, I, led, I led most of the, um, the race in, in race three and the uh, car started going off with a couple of laps to go and there was a few knocking and banging noises going. And Not that I knew about it, but there was uh, oil leaking out of my diff and then uh, going through turn one... Um, got lent on a little bit by Wade, Terry Wade, um, and uh, basically the, the left wheel just fell off and just bounced off and ran, you know, off. there's all this, you know, noise and vibrations and stuff going on and didn't know what the hell had happened and then all of a sudden my wheel just went flying past me, so. <laughs> it actually overtook you. Figured that was the problem and ended up <laughs> in a pretty uh, dangerous um, uh, position between turns one and two. Uh, fortunately, the uh, clerk of the course actually then pulled out the red flag, and the ruling on the red flag is that um, it goes back as far as your placings for that race. That it goes back to the lap before where I was coming second. So you're yeah, quite lucky to accumulate those points and end up second outright. And as you said, closed uh, the gap between myself and Zakanovic and managed to gap a little bit on uh, Grant Johnson, who was also pretty quick that weekend. Yeah, fantastic, Jack. JP here, mate. How are you? Um, so, what went through your brain when you ended up in the sand trap? Did you think you'd lost the whole lot? Hey, don't worry about what went through, went through my brain. It was what 
mouth, I was absolutely filthy. Yeah, I bet you were too. But then, uh, how long did how long before you knew that uh, that you'd actually uh, like the, the the race was red flag? Did you sit there for a while? Oh uh, yeah, I cursed and cursed for probably about forty five seconds until <laughs> I actually saw that the flag marshal directly in front of me. And then when he pulled out the red flag, I got on the radio and just asked my pit crew just to confirm that um, that the, the race had actually been deemed a race because you need to do a percentage of laps for it to be deemed a race. Yep. And um, also just to confirm that it went back to the previous lap when I was coming second, and they came back, came in with the good news. And uh, obviously, yeah, as soon as that came through, I was very relieved. That, so um, you retracted all the swearing. Yeah, I took it all back. <laughs> Mate, so it'd be a bit like um, you know going out one night and then about to take some girl home and then realise that you've had too drunk, had too much to drink, and she's not that good. Never happened to me, Johnny. <laughs> You're a teetotaler. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Mate, uh, okay, so next race uh, we have is um, is Indy. Uh, did very well last year with Alan, uh, podium and, uh, and second outright for the weekend. That's 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 the target. It is the target. Um, had some good results there. Won it in the first year, obviously, and, and again last year. So I know the track pretty well. Doing some extensive work on the... Um, on the Kubish before between now and the next race, just looking at the motor, refreshing or freshening up the um, the gearbox, the diff, getting on the shocks dyno, just going through the entire front car. I don't want to leave anything to chance when the, uh, the, the the points are this close. Um, so hopefully we're going to have good car speed and a bit of luck and, and race well and um, end up in front of Marcus again. Cause Mate, you're, I'm losing you. You've got to speak to us. You Keep that microphone near your face, will you? No, it's Listen, funny. You have actually gone muffled, Jack. So, mate, anyway, look, um, we know you're a bit of a dud. Um, next week, uh, the Clio Most Eligible Bachelor uh, of the Year awards down in Melbourne. Somehow, you managed to sneak into it. I don't know, um, but mate. What do you What do you reckon? You reckon mate, I might? What I reckon, I'm not that silly, mate. I'm bringing you along with me to make you look good. What do you reckon? <laughs> 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 oh, Keithy, mate, thank. I'm a great <laughs> so have you been pumping iron in preparation at the gym, Jack? Well, that's right, you know, because no doubt I'll have to carry Johnny around all night. <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. I'll be taking him down to the drunken prawns. Now, mate, uh, a little bit of a little bit of a goodies turned up uh, in your operation there from the west today. Tell us what's you, what you got. I'm sorry, goodies from what? Goodies from the west, and it's not Grant Johnson. Goodies from the west. Goodies from the west. A little sneaky piranha. Oh, yeah, of course. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Took delivery today of a, um, a 1971 model, uh, South African, Ford Capri Piranha. South African. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful, but, um, mate, it's a really good thing. It's a 302 V8 um, Capri. Power-to-weight ratio is phenomenal. Um, the car gets picked up from the, um, the car carrying company tomorrow at TNC and uh, goes straight down, gets some rego put on it, then out to uh, an engineer Camden, who's uh, actually is our um, technical uh, steward for our category, who's going to build me a roll cage and put the seats in, and then um, whilst that's being done, I'll have an engine gearbox diff built, put it in and um, get the car ready for the Mount Buller Sprint. Yeah, the Mount Buller Sprint's on the first weekend of November, um, and uh, mate, I believe that uh, I'm going to be sitting next year. It'll be the first time in your life you've ac actually listened to anyone. Well, that's exactly right, which I'm a little bit nervous about, but 
um, nervous about way. listening. You probably should be nervous too, because according to uh, the person he co-drove for last year, he spends all his time looking out the window over the cliff. That was the previous year and only the first <laughs> lap, and I'm okay now. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully you're, uh, you've learned a lot since then, mate, and we can uh, be competitive. Mate, uh, that's great. It looks like a really, uh, really interesting project. And uh, finally, just for the viewers, uh, things are hotting up. Uh, don't know quite know what exactly is going to happen for 2007, but you've been up to Queensland and was testing uh, one of the Paul Morris supercars. You actually had a really good run there. In fact, you felt it was actually a much more relaxing car to drive than the Porsche. Yeah, definitely. They're um, much more user-friendly, in my opinion. Um, yeah, the Porsche's a pretty aggressive car, and uh, just with the way that they're, um, the weight distribution on the Porsche is a little bit difficult to come to grips with, but as soon as I jumped in the V8, um, obviously the, the weight distribution reversed, and um, it was a yeah, really nice thing to drive, had great fun, and um, put in a couple of reasonable lap times, so I'm looking forward to another opportunity in a supercar. Yeah, mate, there's a, uh, a run in a couple of weeks' time in your armour with the last round with Alan, but I think it's all just coming up too quick for everybody with the uh, the pressure now mounting to get the uh, V8 year title under your belt. I think it's better off uh, focusing at home, so I suppose next year it'll be it. Back to Spa. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. All right, mate, thanks for your time. Speak to you soon. Mate, you forgot to mention Maurice Lacroix, the new sponsor for Jack and Joey Racing. <laughs> so uh, make sure you go and listeners go and check out their catalogue. Um, pretty stylish watch. Absolutely. Uh, Jack, I'd just like to, uh, before you go, just like to mention uh, uh, your, your new sponsor, Maurice Lacroix. Uh, that is um, absolutely a gorgeous uh, watch, a Swiss watch, and I believe you're wearing the very stylish white-faced uh, Pontos chronograph with a metal band. Mate, that's very, very good, Johnny. That's, um, you, you pay attention to detail, aren't you, eh? Mate, if you'd only paid attention to detail, you would have realised that my <laughs> black-faced Pontos chronograph is just a t- slightly more stylish than yours. Mate, it's not about the watch, it's about the body. You there? Yeah, it's not not about the watch. I'll just rush you there for a minute. (laughs) Look, see you later. Go and have your salmon sandwich. Yeah, no worries, mate. All right, thanks for your time, Jack. Bye-bye. Cheers, Jack. (laughs) Yeah, the phone's, the other phone's ringing. It's all going here. Radio Hot Lab headquarters is just going off tonight, viewers. We've got mushroom... Yep, yep. Not soup, mushroom sauce. Going bananas. We got the roast in the oven. We got the phones going off. It's probably about time we wrapped it up, isn't it? We must have done just about an hour because he'd be glad that he's got someone doing PR for him. It doesn't uh, doesn't go yes to everything he says. I don't know why he didn't remember that about the watch. And interestingly, yes, for those of you viewers who didn't get the uh, press release today, like I did, about uh, Jack's new sponsorship with the uh, with the watches, Lacroix, is it? Yes, for us, Lacroix. Yep. Um, Just go go to Jack's website. If you want to find out about it, why don't you, why don't you, absolutely, but why don't they just register, they get all the releases, if you go to www.jackelsgood.com, you'll be able to register there, and uh, we'll send it off to you free, you can unsubscribe at any time, so you don't feel like we're an annoyance, same thing with Alan Simonson, Alan, A-L-L-A-N-S-I-M-O-N-S-E-N.com, and Marcus Zakanovic, M-U-N. 
M A R M A R. I know that. M A R C U S Z U K or Z Z U K A N O V I C dot com. Register for all the stuff, and if you just can't figure it out, send us an email with, to, to blah 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 at wherever we are. Radio, radio Hotline. Hot anybody at Radio You'll find hot it on the RadioHotline.com website, and uh, we'll put you into the system for you. And uh, that's it. Thanks, viewers. See you next week. Okay, viewers. Good night. We're off to a roast. Thank you.